Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. In the spotlight on Money FM 89.3. Money of M89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. I'm Elliot Danker. It's time now for In the Spotlight. And today we're talking about cyber attacks. Bad for companies, but uh, can you imagine at the top of the tree how the CEO might feel when these cyber attacks happen? I mean, these cyber attacks, they've got a, a serious emotional toll on CEOs. But the good news is that the experience is an opportunity, or some might call a wake up call, to shift their mindset from cybersecurity to cyber resilience. Now, Naturally, when cyber attacks happen, CEOs have to be the face of the company. When they talk to regulators, uh, shareholders, board members, customers, partners, anyone else that might be affected by this attack, right? You can imagine that scenario. Now, while CEOs understand that they have to be accountable when their company is hacked, 72% say they are uncomfortable making decisions about it. Now, this is why so many CEOs delegate responsibility for cybersecurity to their technology teams. Now, as we move forward, what sort of mindset should CEOs adopt in order to make better decisions when they're faced with a cyber attack? Well, let's uh, find out more. On the line with me is Dr. Emmanuel Hepfer, who's Head of Knowledge and Insights at uh, Istari. Good morning, Dr. Emmanuel. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. Thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me. Morning, because I know you are in Germany. Very good, sir. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Um, I, I suppose I, I want to find a little bit about your company, uh, Istari, a Tamasic-founded global security, cybersecurity firm dedicated to helping clients build cyber resilience. Could you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, so Istari has a unique model. It was set up by Tamasic in 2020, and it's based on three pillars. One, we're an investor, so we invest in cybersecurity companies to help clients manage their cybersecurity risk and build resilience. Two is we're an advisor, so we have a bunch of senior advisors wrapped around our investment portfolio that can leverage the, the capabilities that we have invested in to help clients build resilience. And third, we're an educator through our academy. So we run global academies now in partnership with Cambridge universities to help cybersecurity leaders improve their day-to-day work. All right. So you guys and Oxford's uh, Business School have recently released a joint study. It's entitled CEO Report on Cyber Resilience. Could you tell us a little bit more about this report, the methodology who was surveyed? So about one and a half years ago, we looked out there and we thought cyber attacks are increasing in sophistication, they're increasing in impact. And there's a lot of uh, knowledge and a lot of studies out there that look at threats, that look at vulnerabilities from a technical side, but we haven't found anything that really looks at the CEO's perspective in managing cybersecurity risk. And there's a lot of talk about what CEOs should or shouldn't be doing, but nobody's actually ever asked them in a, in a systematic uh, way. So we did that and we went out together with the University of Oxford And we interviewed 37 chief executive officers from around the world. And we had in-depth, one-hour-long interviews, conversations. Some of them actually went longer than that. And we asked them, how do you manage cybersecurity risk? We had a very structured questionnaire. And most importantly, nine of those CEOs that we've spoken with had managed their company through a serious cyber attack, a devastating Mm -hmm. cyber attack that pretty much shut down all the operations. It's an interesting one, and, and I, I tend to agree with those percentages because uh, I myself am trained in crisis management, and it's not often you come across a CEO that's willing to be to be transparent and, and open, yet at the same time willing to take the bull by its horns, right? Because most of the time, uh, people expect them to know everything, but, well, they don't always know everything about technology. Yeah, I fully agree with you, and I still remember, I can tell you the story, I still remember interviewing one CEO of a large, a large company in, in Europe, 
And uh, the cyber attack had shut down the entire operations of the company. And I was sitting in the executive office of that CEO and he said to me two things. The first thing he said to me was, this was the worst experience of my career. And the second thing he said to me, it was also the first time in my career that I lacked an intuition of what to do. Because it wasn't a field that I had a lot of familiarity with. Okay. So it's striking to me, and we wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that, and we wanted to compare how CEOs do that differently across the world. All right. A lot of them tend to delegate responsibility to the technology teams. You and I would say this is not a wise move, but why is this a common mistake? So, well, if you think about historically how the field of cybersecurity has evolved, it actually emerged from the field of computer science and information technology. And it was a lot about bugs. And there's a lot of buzzwords floating around that, uh, and acronyms that uh, business leaders don't really have an association with. So something like CMs and SOCs and MXDR, Managed Detection and Response and whatnot. So it's pretty difficult for the business leader to break into that field mm-hmm. uh, because it's just a different language. And what we found was, and you said this in the introduction, we asked all of the CEOs if they felt accountable for cybersecurity mm. and all of them, without exception, insisted that they do. But at the same time, they don't feel comfortable making decisions. You mentioned the statistics, 72% of them don't feel comfortable making, making decisions in cybersecurity. And what we found, and you also mentioned this, is there seems to be a shift happening, especially the biggest learnings from those CEOs who've been through an attack is that they shouldn't rely on their cybersecurity protection. They shouldn't rely on building and erecting walls and defenses that protect them from an attack, but instead shift a little bit to investing into building organizational resilience to cyber attack. And that's a fundamental change of mindset. And uh, there's a couple of ways how CEOs can do that. Mm. And we outline four mindsets in the report that we've come across. And the first one uh, deals with that accountability versus responsibility issue. And yes, everybody feels accountable, but the whole point from those CEOs who've been through an attack is they argued that they need to become co-responsible with their cybersecurity team and with their CISO. And that means much more involvement, much closer engagement with the team to also get a better understanding of what's happening. And maybe that is sometimes also about learning the new language. Mm. I wonder if maybe what will be helpful is, is all these CEOs get together in a cybersecurity conference and then they share with each other the problems that they face and get an understanding of, you know, it's okay to sometimes feel alone in that sort of scenario. <laughs> I mean, you're exactly right. And this is also something that we're actually doing at the Starry, okay. uh, both in Singapore, but also in, in other parts of the world, also in EMEA. Okay. Um, So investing in cybersecurity, adopting that proactive approach to risk management, what's the first step or the first few steps that a CEO can do to make the right investment on that front? I mean, obviously, the first thing is to, as you mentioned earlier, to be co-responsible in the event of a cyber attack. That's right. That's right. And there's a lot, when we published the report, that's a lot in there. It's quite a long report. Mm. But we argue that there's a few easy things that CEOs can do to help them become more comfortable making decisions, to uh, become co-responsible, to become better informed about the issue. And uh, one is, as simple as it sounds, invite somebody who has been through the experience of a cyber attack and just have a chat with them Mm. and just ask them, hey, what are your learnings? Uh, How did you feel? Uh, What have you changed afterwards? So that's a pretty easy and simple thing to do. The second thing is, and it might be a bit provocative, but those CEOs who've been through an attack said, well, one of the mistakes was that we relied too much on our technology and cybersecurity teams 
saying that everything was okay. Mm. And they said, well, sometimes just like you have financial audits, you need to have an independent audit who comes into your company, does a cybersecurity assessment and reports the findings directly to you. And that also helps the CEO become a bit more knowledgeable and familiar with that space. Mm. I'm not saying that they shouldn't rely on the technology teams, but I'm saying it's a dual approach. Really work, trust your technology team, move to a, away from blindly trusting them, but to an, a state of informed trust and get an independent auditor in there who does perform these regular cybersecurity assessments and report the findings directly to you. Okay. And the third thing, it's, a, it's, a, it's another fairly easy thing, is as a CEO, set up a cyber resilience advisory forum. And it mm. might be once a year and it might be uh, two times a year or even quarterly. And it's not part of the formal governance processes. Instead, invite people, invite members of you from your board, members from your management team, and members from the technology and cybersecurity team to just have an open and more or less informal conversation about what's happening. The point isn't to hold anybody to account, but the whole point is just to get a bit more involved, just to get right. the conversations flowing. Right. I mean, step one could even be like building a proper relationship slash a partnership with the chief information security officer. Exactly. Yes, you're exactly right. And, uh, you know, there was one anecdote that I'm happy to share with you as well. There was one CEO who, after the, the serious attack, the day after the attack happened, went on and, and, and held a town hall and to the entire company. And he started the town hall by saying, you might be aware we're experiencing a cyber attack. I want you to know that this isn't the fault of our IT and cybersecurity teams. Instead, they're actually helping us get out of the mess. Mm. So when you see somebody, just give them a hug. <laughs> Okay, I'll try that at work. <laughs> Maybe I'm the one that needs a hug all the time. <laughs> Dr. Manuel, I do apologize if I sound a little bit unsure about this last question, uh, but it's a term that we came across, uh, the preparedness paradox. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, what, what is it in relation to, to building cyber resilience? How can CEOs make a difference here? Yeah, it's a very good question. And in all of the interviews that we had with the CEOs, we asked them just intuitively how they would rate their preparedness, the organization's preparedness to respond to a serious cyber attack. So it's not about prevention, it's about preparing. And a lot of the CEOs didn't really want to give an answer, but most of them rated their preparedness relatively high on a scale from one to 10. The issue is those CEOs who've been through an attack had previously also believed that they were well prepared. So what this suggests is that there is an inverse relationship between preparedness and resilience. If you believe you're well prepared, that might lead to complacency and it might actually hurt your resilience. So what we're saying is instead of thinking about preparedness as an achievable end state, think about it as an ongoing set of activities and processes that continually challenge the resilience of your organization and that avoids getting to a place of complacency. Right. So basically, you want the right approach to adopting the Boy Scouts motto, to be prepared. But, you know, you're never really that prepared. (laughs) That's that's exactly right. Be, Be always ready, but don't feel prepared. Lovely. I've been speaking with Dr. Manuel Hepfer, who is Head of Knowledge and Insights at Istari. Uh, Dr. Manuel, I really appreciate your time. Have a great Wednesday. Thank you. And you. Thanks for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.